This time loop thing. How did you get out of it? I simply boosted the circuits and broke free. You came back of your own accord? Well, I... Doctor? No. No, I'm afraid not. Now, obviously, the Time Lords have programmed the TARDIS always to return to Earth. It seems that I'm some kind of a galactic yo-yo. Everybody and welcome to Galactic Yo-Yo, the podcast where Doctor Who fans share their unpopular opinions with the world and I have to deal with them. I'm your host Molly Marsh, just walking home from work, ready to edit this week's podcast. Uh, the podcast is going out a little bit later uh, than usual this week, uh, my apologies for that. Uh, I just had a bunch of stuff get in the way. Um, this week of course, uh, the episode that aired was Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror and I discussed it with Pencil Bandit. Um, we're both pretty positive on it I'm pleased to say Uh, although in this one because um, he liked it so much uh, I was forced to play um, a sort of devil's advocate role Um, so if if you catch me being a little more negative than him um, I suppose that's why but overall best episode of the season uh, so far uh, for sure Uh, and I'm super excited um, to see uh, to see what's coming next and I'm I feel so titillated um, by by the trailers um, that have been that have been shared uh, this week. Uh, I, I can barely uh, hold in my excitement uh, for Sunday's episode. But until then, uh, without further ado, here is my conversation about Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror with Pencil Bandit. Uh, I'm here with Pencil Bandit. <laughs> Hi, Pencil. Hi, I'm him. Hello. I realised, so when I was editing the last episode I did with you, yes. so you make a podcast called The Oldest Question, and yes. last time I interviewed you, it was with your friend Tom, who you make the podcast with. Erstwhile co-host, yeah. yeah. And <coughs> I kept realising that when I was editing the podcast, that I kept saying your real name. Oh, and then I really? Would have to, and then I would... Snipping it out. I was snipping it out. Is it a secret, your real name? I I couldn't I I was like I I then looked on your <laughs> website and stuff and was like it, can I find any because w- once I found a sign of it on your website I was just going to stop cutting it out yeah yeah but yeah I couldn't see your name on your website anyway I do keep it shrouded in in mystery, mystery. yeah I like that I like that that's exciting very on brand for Doctor Who I feel yeah so uh, I'll I'll make sure I do that again today <laughs> accidentally let slip and and tell everybody you're called Michael okay yeah 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 oh, fuck just bleep it out with a uh, a relevant sound effect the cloister bell yeah i'll do that, I'll do that. <laughs> great so um tom could be with us today because he is in new zealand he's about as far away as he could possibly be that is about as far really as far i think he heard about the podcast and <laughs> some kind of sign he's trying to send us yeah okay. uh yeah he's yeah he's doing an acting job over in new zealand and he's probably just waking up now yeah so not yeah. quite right uh, i don't know if he's been it? watching time zones are weird yeah 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 I don't he know if he's been, been watching, watching the series. Surely. I'm not sure. I've not talked to him since this shows how little we've talked just recently. But he, yeah, I've not spoken to him since the show started, I don't think. Right, right. Since New Year's Day. Have I not spoken to him in 2020? 
I need to call him. <laughs> Fake friendship. <laughs> all the oldest question fans are gutted. They're like, oh, I thought they were real mates. <laughs> Turns out it's all for business. He's going to be my best man. So he's just currently working so on... So you are real mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah afraid right. so, afraid so. He's, cool. we, he's working on the stag as we speak. Oh, we, oh, you're getting married? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I knew that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Congratulations. Sorry. Thank you. Oh, yeah, oh. I'm getting married in September. Uh, yeah. How exciting. Making making invites and things like that at the moment, Fantastic. doing all the planning. How exciting. And yeah, he was like, can you tell me how many people we're having at this stag? Because yeah. it would be really great if I knew. Uh-huh. I was like, give me, give me a week. <laughs> It's really hard figuring out who to invite yeah, to that kind of I stuff. I imagine that's incredibly difficult. It's a real nightmare. Because yeah. then you have loads of different pockets of friends who you're sellotaping together. And, and you're like, like, do you invite your, your fiancé's dad? Like, do you, like, Oh, I'm 100% not crossing that out. Both our dads would hate being on a stand right. So it very easily rules That makes out. life a lot easier, doesn't it? Her brother will be in... Uh, well, I should probably shouldn't say who's going to be invited. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's People like, might be all invited. your mates are rushing to yeah, this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Am I invited <laughs> to the stack? Um, anyway, great. So we're here to talk about Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. Yes. Is it the best Doctor Who title ever? Uh, well, <laughs> I think we need to talk about a very uh, a big controversy, obviously, with, with right? this episode. I'm sure, I think I saw it all over Twitter uh-huh. that everyone was talking about. Um, the line spacing of the title in the opening title Didn't sequence, notice. very wide. The, the gap between Nikola <laughs> Tesla's and Night of Terror, huge, like a chasm. Tighten I, that I up. I did not notice that. I, uh, notice that. I hope the BBC put out some kind of statement. Not as, as glaringly as terrible, though, as Asbill, which we all remember Asbill. from, <laughs> <laughs> from uh, 2016, uh, which even I, I noticed that one. Asbill. Asbill. It's a shame she never appeared, Asbill. <laughs> there was so much promise. Um, but yeah, another thing people have been pointing out, um, most of it takes place in the day. Oh. My friend Will pointed that out. Well, that's true. Is that it's is that an odd thing for Nic- Doctor Who? Well, no, just it's Nikola Tesla's Day of Terror. Oh isn't it? yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's does it start and end in the evening? It gets to nighttime by the end, doesn't by it? By the end, yeah. But then it starts on on the previous evening, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm guessing I've not done any research coming into this podcast mm-hmm. on Tesla, which I probably should have done. But oh, I I have no Tesla knowledge. I have I have cursory Tesla knowledge, and then I got it bulked up wonderfully mm-hmm. by that episode. Great. But I didn't do any extra like double checking what things are true and what Which things, things are aren't. embellished. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I've heard on Twitter that quite a lot of the random little tidbits you hear are actually true uh-huh. things that he uh-huh. was inventing or working on. But yeah, I I imagine that Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror is a probably a reference to a real thing. To something. Oh, maybe. Because you know he did the kind of road shows of yeah, yeah, yeah. his uh, uh, AC and stuff. I. Maybe that was maybe that was a newspaper, a newspaper headline, headline kind of defaming him one. or yeah, something. Maybe, maybe. Uh, it's such a specific title. I imagine it's some reference to something. Yeah, but a wonderful title, a great title. For all its misgivings, actually, um, the Chibnall era has given us some great titles, hasn't it? Yeah, the likes of Arachnids in the UK. It takes you away. Oh, oh, Arachnids in the UK. You're not a fan of that one. Possibly the worst. Oh, I think it's great. I think it's so cheeky. It's so bad. <laughs> it's not. You know what? It took me. The whole series had ended, and yeah, I think I yeah. met up with Luke Spillane, and I was talking about how that we were doing a kind of uh, uh, toss up of what we thought of that of uh-huh. that series, uh-huh. and I was moaning about that title, uh-huh. and he was like, "Well, you know, they're trying to do that pun on anarchy in the UK." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, it was <laughs> a pun." That was a pun. Oh my, of course. I noticed immediately. It's just the worst pun I've ever heard. Okay. It so barely works. And if you were going to set it, if it had anything to do with like 
the kind of punk era. True, you're gonna set it really then. I'd be like, okay, fine. Yeah, that is true. But I it's just so <laughs> random. It's just like it's desperate. And because I didn't even realize the pun, uh-huh. it just sounds like the most clinical title to a true, Doctor episode true, you've ever heard. True. Just like some textbook. Arachnids in the UK. I remember me and Kez last year when we recorded our review of Arachnids in the UK. It suggested oh, yeah. it, w- it might be better if it had been called Spiders in Sheffield. Yes. Um, the Spiders of Sheffield yeah. would be great. That would be much more... Uh, much more I, I do like Arachnids in the UK. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to back down we'll on that We'll agree one. to disagree. Um, but anyway... I thought... Uh, overall takeaway from... From the yeah, episode. Did you have something else to say? Um, just on titles, I, I also balked at Spyfall a little bit when that first got announced. Oh, I don't like that at all. Yeah. I, I Mainly because it's a reference. It's a pun. Again, it's a pun. Yeah. Big yeah, X yeah, on yeah. the puns for it's me. It's a reference to something that's already a spy thing. It's that's a, the thing that bothers me. Like a, yeah. It's like, a, it's like if they made a new Austin Powers film, uh-huh. they might call that Spyfall. It's like that level but of bad. But they wouldn't. They'd call it like... No, they'd call it they'd something... They'd call it like boobs fall or exactly something. yeah do you know yeah. what i mean because it because that's austin powersifying a james bond title like yeah the, the spy who shagged me whatever yeah whereas spyfall you're spyifying the word skyfall but skyfall is already a, a spy thing it's very strange so that's why that pun i find it jarring anyway i mean i get it like a bunch of spies do indeed fall they get killed in the episode so that's i get true yes i get I why yeah it sews up like that but mm. It's just a terrible title. The fact that it's a reference to a p- quite a recent thing mm. is very odd for a Doctor Who title. And That's I, true. I, I, yeah. was like I think again, yeah, it's too too recent. Too recent. Like, mm. yeah, maybe you can do a... <coughs> maybe Anarchy in the UK is an okay thing to pun, but uh-huh. Skyfall is only out a few enough, years yeah. ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, you're right, you're right. Jeez. Um, uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Here's, anyway. A, here's a fact that on the, on the Bond uh, topic. Yeah. Here's, the, here's a fact that will freak you out. So Billie Eilish is... She's obviously doing the song for the new, yes. new Bond film. I just listened to the whole of her album the oh, other day. Cool. I loved it. It's all right, isn't it? It's, it's great. Right. <laughs> but when Casino Royale came out, Daniel Craig's first James Bond film, yes. Billie Eilish was four years old. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that horrifying? And she was touted to do the Casino Royale theme, yeah. film, which is amazing. <laughs> at that, It was yeah. amazing. She's ahead yeah. of her time. Anyways, <coughs> Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, overall uh, takeaway. Wonderful. You liked it? Fantastical. Cool. I liked it too. Yeah. What did you like about it? Uh, what did you like about it, uh, Michael? What did you like about <laughs> it? <laughs> what did you like about it, Panther Bandit? Uh, well, I, I would just say that um, I feel like this episode was sort of like a litmus test mm. for um, whether you still like Doctor Who. It right. had all all the best components mm-hmm. of a great mm-hmm. Doctor Who episode. It had the kind of educational side of like delving True. back into a historical figure and giving you lots of shit that maybe you didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, I've mm-hmm. seen people on Twitter who are only a bit younger than me who had never heard of Nikola Tesla. And I, I don't think I'd have been able to tell you <coughs> who he was, really. That is amazing I to d- me. I didn't know that there was this rivalry with Edison. These like are all, yeah. Me, like, who invented <coughs> the light bulb and who, who like was the pioneer of electricity. I just said Edison. Edison. It had been a long time before I started naming Nikola Tesla. That's amazing. See, that was just like the perfunctory knowledge I had was that Tesla was kind of the the great inventor of the time and Edison was like buying a lot of patents and they had a bit of a rivalry and that was sort of it. And Tesla was very ahead of his time and obviously Uh the Tesla Uh company has been named after him for that reason. So... 
that was my cursory knowledge. So yeah, and I was actually, astonished. I'm not sure I'm entirely like clued upon the Tesla company. <coughs> is that the cars made by Elon Musk? Yes, yeah, right. that's the cars made by Elon uh, Musk. And do they exist yet, or is that just a theory idea? Uh, he did that expo recently with that car that looks like right. a low poly render from a PlayStation One game. Okay. <laughs> I don't have any knowledge of Elon Musk oh, and, well, his, and his oeuvre. If you look up the clips from that expo, they have this... They're trying to show you that the glass of the car won't shatter the glass, the windows. Okay. And so a guy throws a, like a big hammer or something at the window right. to show that it won't smash. Okay. And it smashes right there in front of the whole audience, and it's hilarious. Oh, and Elon no. Musk kind of blusters through it. He's a very strange character. He... Well, is he's deserving of Grimes. It's really w- he's having a baby with Grimes. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I don't understand him. <laughs> it's very, very strange. It's put me off the work of Grimes <laughs> that she's going out with. I used to love Grimes. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, you, you were saying you oh, had yeah. a perfunctory knowledge of Tesla. And yeah. And I was surprised that loads of people our age kind of didn't don't really know about Tesla. Mm. So even more happy that they're doing Tesla. Mm. I was almost surprised we haven't had Tesla in the whole history of Doctor Who before. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. We've not really had many like that. We've not had Newton or Einstein. That's well, we true, had actually. Einstein in a comic relief one, but. I was thinking, we had Leonardo Di- um, DiCaprio. Leonardo da, da Vinci. Vinci. Yeah. No, but we've had City of Death is basically about. Oh, da Vinci. that's true, isn't um, it? Yeah. Yeah. But I was, yeah, I was thinking during that, I was like, oh, could you could go back and do a proper Da Vinci one. Um, like meeting him because he was mm. similar to Tesla and he was super super ahead of his time but anyway yeah it had all these great components of Doctor Who uh, you, educa- got mo- you got the monster education. you got, got a education. monster that's very on theme mm. I liked mm. that you don't you almost don't often get that in Doctor Who where the est- historical figure that you're meeting and the monster are kind of co- connected yeah, I mean, we've, thematically we've had it a bit I mean the young quiet dead is like that um, the ghosts obviously and, and Dickens Oh yeah, yeah, um, that's true. And that's then, true. Uh, Shakespeare and the witches, but those are almost all. Uh, I guess the witches do. There's language-based stuff there, but it's all dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I guess they're more like superficial. Like the witches are the witches from. Macbeth yes, I guess so. Yeah. But this was like it didn't actually have anything to do with Tesla per se, but it was it was speaking of the rivalry between him and Edison. And I really like that. Yeah. Edison bought a patent, and and it didn't. Like I didn't feel compared to Orphan Fifty Five, which spells out a lot in its closing minutes. I didn't feel mm. like it really hammered that point home no, any I, more I than it, it needed clear, to. It yeah, was clear. It didn't, it didn't slap you in the face with it. Yeah, and you didn't have Edison say, which I felt you absolutely could have done in a Doctor Who episode. Edison seemed to uh, reconsider his ways or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Something completely yeah. historically weird, mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, "I see the error of my ways now. These scavenger aliens have taught me that I yeah. shouldn't be quite such a bastard." He was just kind of carried on. Maybe a bit more respect for Tesla, but that was about it. Yeah. Again, though, we had the thing that we got last year, which is the story ends and that they've told us that Tesla was this amazing guy and who deserved more recognition. Yes. But then the doctor's like, well, you know, we, that's it. He's not going to get, do you know, she had to say to get to Gaz like, oh, it's not, not going to happen for him. (coughs) You know, he's going to die and no one's really going to remember him for, for like years and years and years now. Um, which is kind of depressing. It's like the same thing that happened with the Rosa Parks one where it's like, this just has to happen how it happened, and it yeah, it, it it's kind of restricting. Um, I, I think it works in Vincent and the Doctor, yeah. But I think that's more. It's less a story about Van Gogh per se, 
and more a story about how mental illness true is you know formidable and it's and got the big emotional swell at the end which yeah. makes, it, makes it feel satisfying but should I'm they have had brought tesla to the future and and taken him to the elon musk expo no. No? i found the end of vincent the doctor very like overwrought oh okay <coughs> i know loads of people really really love that episode and i do i very much like it i think it's just it's the most richard curtis richard curtis richard curtisness yeah and that yeah the end while yeah it packs a punch it was just like it's, it feels like it's overreaking the pudding mm-hmm. a bit mm-hmm. so i'm happy to not have that and i quite yeah i quite like the <coughs> the sort of strange the harsh reality of history being yeah. that these individual people they doesn't just because they were brilliant and they they did mm. brilliant things that were kind of stepping stones and lily pads to future achievements didn't mean that their life was suddenly super happy and that we get a a super happy resolution with them to the episode but they're going to keep on keeping on and other good people are going to keep on keeping on and that's kind of how history works and and it did i like yeah it didn't sting as much as the rosa parks one did because it's less it's like okay he didn't get recognized as much for his yeah yeah inventions it's not like the other one it's like oh well the doctor can't solve racism even though like yeah he probably could no, but I I, <laughs> I I love that about Rosa. I thought right, Rosa right. was brilliant for that, and and that I don't think you could do a Rosa Parks story in another. Any no, other of, way. Co- of course not. Of course not. And that is the dilemma of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, totally. You're always going to end on that sour note at the end of a, a any story like that. And yes. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess that's the nature of it. Um, um, yeah. What else did we like? Uh, yeah. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I think. Uh, with all these kind of great elements in, you've got, yeah, these on-theme monsters and just, like, great performances all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot remember the actor's name, but the guy playing Tesla oh. is the standout of the Yeah, episode. he's really, really he's good. so I've great. I've forgotten his name. He's got quite a complicated name. Yeah. But I'm actually going to look up, look it up while the I name because I feel like because it's not an English name, I'm totally um, yeah, I'm I'm be- just being about lazy it. about it. So let's look it up. Um, but he's the he's the standout of the episode he's such a great like presence and his chemistry and relationship with all the characters but especially the doctor mm-hmm. is so lovely and yeah me and my he, he's called goran <laughs> oh god I'm so sorry what we got goran Vizn Viz Viznich maybe Viznich yeah Goran Viznich wow absolutely mur- murdering, murdering that, that name so, but we've tried and that's the important thing i just got a message from tom oh uh, f- um cuz i asked him to to do it to send us a sort of wish wish I was there message. Oh okay. The podcast. So he said I uh, would we'll just interrupt our regular program and read this out. <laughs> hey Molly, I wish you could be there, but as I'm currently on the other side of the world, I'm afraid you'll have to make do with the distinctly distinctively lesser half of the oldest question uh, <laughs> coin. Apologies, but I can assure you that Pencil Bandit and I share one hive mind, and my thoughts and opinions will be effectively conveyed through him. A, pu- <laughs> a puppet snoke to my un- unnecessary palpatine, if you will. <laughs> Brackets. What the fuck was that about, by the way? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, but but I digress. I'm currently having a cracking time uh, with this latest series. And although some problems are still present, I feel the ambition is back and already proving to be a huge improvement on Series 11. That's my two cents. Lots of love. We are a hive mind. I agree with, agree with all those sentiments. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on, on, uh, on, a, on a broader level, from what he was saying with, the, with this series so far, four episodes in, it's solving... Uh, much of my big problems with series mm-hmm. 11 being just kind of big w- drama 101 problems that I had right, with series right. 11 of 
it entirely lacked stakes. Uh-huh. The char- the characters just seemed to float through all the episodes, and mm-hmm. they're all they're all fine. And there was literally I, I can barely name a moment in the whole of series eleven where I genuinely felt the companions or the doctor being imperiled or anything. They just yeah. kind of were there and doing stuff, but I wasn't True. like, oh, how the hell are they going to get out of this one? Not that you ever think anyone's really going to die in any of these episodes, no. but you want to have that illusion. And, and we've had that a bit this year with, with and immediately, on, the, on the plane, especially. Yeah, immediately in Spyfall, in Spyfall mm. stakes are like, boom, you got the car chase mm. right at the start. Mm. It, it felt like they literally just listened to some of my, <laughs> some of my grievances. It was like, wow, there is peril all over the shop they are there are constantly high stakes and then the other thing was like zero conflict between within the TARDIS within team. the TARDIS yeah, yeah, yeah. team there was just nothing they all just kind of got on mm. no one as you often get you do often get with a, a new companion or companions meeting the doctor they usually um have a bit of mistrust for them at a certain sure, point sure. or like we're getting that a bit now though, we're getting we? that yeah. exactly so yeah it, or, or you know they see the kind of the death that kind of follows mm. the doctor around mm. and they're like hey maybe you're not all good and all that kind of stuff was just gone it was none of it they were just yeah. all just chums and while i liked i like a bit of the tardis team being all chums uh-huh you know the classic like drama is conflict thing i was like That's there's just no conflict going on uh, Another thing seems to be. I mean, I think there's definitely been reflection on the part. Whether it's a whether it's as simple as them listening to the fans, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think they did, but I think I it, think it's it, reflection on. I think they clearly have a self awareness yeah. of what the pitfalls of that I series mean, were. Yaz needed more material. Like immediately, she's we've got had it. so much more Yaz, which is wonderful. I mean, especially in yesterday's one where she's basically oh. got a, an entire subplot of her own. Lovely, um, so which nice. was really great, and so she's clearly a really good actor. Because yeah, I remember th- at the end of last season, I was going, okay, we know Bradley Walsh is a really good actor. We know Jodie Whittaker can act. We know that, uh, but the other two, we we don't really know. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. not really had material. And now I'm like, oh no, now we know Mandip Gill can act. So She's, it's just, yeah. It's just Tosin that's got to prove himself to me now. Ooh. <laughs> He's he's fine. He he, he d- does the job. He does the job. It's fine, isn't it? It's okay. Um, but yeah, she she is great and she's she's finally getting more stuff to do. I want her, the fact that she's a police officer to be coming into it a bit more we had a tiny sliver of that in spy four but Mm. very little and it seems like such an easy win such an easy bit of character to have yeah her training as a police officer her kind of mindset as a police officer vantage point to be coming in in some of these episodes but it as far as i can remember it it definitely didn't in series 11 i don't remember it having done in series 12 no i think in kablam at one point doesn't she a bit of arrest combat. somebody or yeah, combat there's a, a bit combat of sort of, like uh, sort of uh, self-defense like, combat? Sort oh, of I remember. Yeah. <laughs> your USP is that you're oh, a police yeah, officer. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for, yeah, for this series, loads, loads of those complaints of mine have been solved pretty effectively, mm. pretty quickly. And so, yeah, I had a great time with Spyfall. Uh, Orphan 55 was you know, not so good. Uh, but then, yeah, absolutely loved this one. And I think if you didn't, if if anyone really didn't enjoy this one, because it has all those base elements of Doctor Who put together so well, as we were saying, the villain kind of reflects the theme of the thing, and there's a great pace to it, and mm-hmm. it wraps up in a very kind of neat way. Uh, I'm like, maybe just stop watching. It's one of those true. episodes it's that I'm like, if you really hated it, I don't either. It's exemplary of the show, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I'm like, either Doctor Who isn't show. really for you. 
at this point uh-huh. or maybe ever. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just sort yeah. of confused. And like, there were so, such great like character relationships in it. I was just smiling the whole way through, basically. I, I've seen the, f- the phrase um, meat and potatoes thrown about a lot with this one. It's meat really? and potatoes, Doctor Who, which, which to me isn't an insult. It's just, I, yeah. it's a descriptor. And I kind of agree. I sort of agree. Like, yeah. I wasn't, I'm not going to be putting this one on again and again. Like, I, d- I didn't, I did enjoy it, but like, stick it in series four, and it's like about the midline of, of that series. Do you know what I mean? I don't think this would be a standout episode in any other era. For, uh, for oh me, interesting. anyway. It's, it's like. It's a good episode, and I don't want to sound ungrateful. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it. I don't. But what think we are being offered. I don't think it would be a standout. It reminded me of something like The Witch Finders last year. I loved The Witch Finders. No, but I, I and I yeah, also like yeah. The Witch fan- Finders a lot. But it's like The Witch Finders isn't the girl in the fireplace. The Witch Finders isn't. It's not a five star. Exactly. And it's. it's I think it's a very strong terror, four star for me. F- it's not a five star. It might be a four star. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but, and that's I, exactly I, how I felt. I like that. I, th- you know, I we can't have a girl in the fireplace or a, a blink, no, of course, or not. A, any other Stephen Moffat penned episode from the RCD era <laughs> every day. We can't <laughs> have that every not, day. Of course not. And those just really solid episodes that make me incredibly happy like this are, yeah, are just great to see. And I, th- yeah, it did a lot of, it did a lot of great work with the historical historical figure that it was mm-hmm. using, mm-hmm. which was lovely. I guess let let's start at the beginning a little yes. bit as well. Um, I really really liked the opening sequence. I thought it was so stylish. But you know, we didn't see the Doctor and her companions for ages. Oh yeah, that we was just great. Got all the stuff with Tesla. We sort of set his character up in a really. It was so efficient. Seems to be damning it, but it no, was it was so efficient, efficiently done. But in a in a way that wasn't because at first when it the like the first shot was like him. Explaining his like how he yes, made the generator at the Niagara Falls. Thought, oh god, this is going to be like super exposition heavy. Yeah, and it was, but it wasn't like it. it yeah, was, yeah, it, it, it just, just set it up pretty neatly. Yeah, v- yeah, very neat, I think, and gave you just enough uh, background history of Tesla before the Doctor launches in, so that you're like, okay, I know where I am, I know who this guy is, I know why he might yeah. be important to this story. And I love an opening like that where you're at first you're like, oh my god, where's the Doctor? Yeah, like you're thinking, oh, when's the Doctor going to show up? And then you get, I love the invest- Doctor just bursting you get invested in, invested enough in what's happening to Tesla and. Yeah. The other character's name. I do not remember his uh, his very own companion. His yeah, his um, um, assistant. Yeah. Anyway, you get the two of them uh, having a, getting a scare. Yeah. And you get so invested in that that you kind of forget about the doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the doctor shows up. Ah, oh, yeah. The then she bursts here. in, and then they get on the train, and you've got yeah. the companions waiting on there in their brilliant like period dress. Period and I love that the doctor's not wearing period dress. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I really like it <laughs> when they when they don't bother to put yeah, the doctor yeah, yeah. in. Um, Nobody questions it. In period dress. One thing that didn't happen to the Doctor in this one, which I was expecting to happen more, was for people to be sexist to her. True. No one... I mean, maybe it's just one of those things where there's no time for it in the story. It's just sort of expediency you know what I mean? It's like, if we d- maybe it's a case of if we do that every time, it's kind of exhausting for the audience. And it gets in the way of the Yeah, it doesn't the have story. any narrative function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. I think when you've got something like Witchfinders mm. or a, or a p- yeah, particular story where that is is relevant um, or a particular time period where that's incredibly prevalent or something, then, then yeah, great. Or, or maybe she's trying to do something that, it, you know, exactly. and her 
the gender she appears to be gets in her way, then that's interesting. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, you could just do it every week. It would just be it, so tiresome. It would be tiresome. I'd be like, so we never have to do this with any of the other doctors. Why have we got <laughs> <laughs> every week we've got to do this? Have we? Yeah, yeah so I think I, it's fine. I, I get why they don't do it every week. It's the same as like, <laughs> it's almost the same as them when they invented the psychic paper, just to get through that bit where people mistrust the doctor uh-huh, at the start uh-huh. of the story. Like, True. we don't need the new people to. Constantly yeah, because in Classic Who, like, d- the doctor would step out of the TARDIS and immediately get kidnapped oh, in every whole single bloody episode so or two you know, would go by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Russell T Davies is like, okay, I've invented this thing called the psychic paper. Yeah. So Chris Chib- Chibnall or Nina Mativier is like, oh, I've invented this thing where nobody mentions the fact that they hate women yeah. and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got like his, his female as- assistant yes, uh, yeah, and they've true. obviously got a close, good relationship. So, and it feels, would feel weird. Maybe who knows if it's historically accurate or not, but it would feel weird if Tesla was making loads of assumptions about women in that story. Cause it would just yeah. get in the way of what yeah. his character's trying true. to represent there. Um, I can imagine Edison being <laughs> a bit sexist in the way that he's portrayed mm, in that story mm, mm. as very much the human villain of the piece. Mm. But but yes, it's not it's not needed really. It's not a big deal. What, what do we think? Oh, let's go. What do we think when um, the dude shows up with the Silurian blaster? Uh, interesting. I didn't recognise it immediately as being Nor a Silurian no. blaster. Obviously, when they said, I was like, oh yeah, I guess it does look like that. Um, uh, that was interesting. I was like, whoa, okay, yeah. I'm sure you might have been the same with just theories suddenly rattling through a head of mm. like, okay, okay, how is this linked to the Silurians? Uh, what, so are the the kind of Ragnos looking characters yeah, yeah. that we know that are in this episode, are they or oh, some kind of relation? Or oh, are we looking sea devils in the eye here somewhere? I mean, what I think happened was they, <laughs> they were like, okay, it needs to be an alien blaster. Why not make why not it? Why it, not yeah. make it? A one that already exists because when we save money on props and we get to have a little cheeky shout out yeah. to actually the Silurians aren't aliens are they and where did they get the blaster from because if the idea is like they've oh got stuff God, they're scavenging some stuff in space true. the Silurians haven't like presumably haven't left the earth and gone to space yet in uh, <laughs> at this time and I know this is like the shittiest like the shittiest nitpicking picking you've ever heard but I was like I was thinking about it for like the next five minutes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, how can I we make this work? I 100% accepted it. Because we've had like, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not in the right time period, is it? Because we've had a Silurian like ship in like Dinosaurs in the Spaceship. But that was in like the that. future. That was obviously it? in the future. Maybe Unless we say that some Silurians like left, left earlier and like some stay behind on Earth. Yeah. Or the, what you're going to say is that the Skiffer have time travel capabilities. Maybe they have time travel capabilities, but maybe either the um, uh, Silurians or the Skiffer have been flung back or forwards in time in their adventures in space at some point. They flow, flow through a wormhole yeah, yeah, and they've been flung back in time. Maybe. Who knows? Who gives a shit? Or indeed cares because really? it was just nice. It was like, I hey! don't. I don't really give a shit, but I did for those five minutes. <laughs> like, I pretend not to, but I do. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, uh, an entire novel will explain it. It'll be fine. There will be a tie in novel one oh, day that explains gosh, it. Absolutely. I um, can't wait. Can't wait. Um, yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, I love little nods like that. And and it obviously it tied in straight away to them being uh, scavengers. So you mm, can have all mm. those little bits of bits of tech. Yeah, I wonder if there's anything else kind of. Um, I'm sure there would be. Knocking yeah. about in the set there that we haven't spotted. I'm, I'm sure. So. I've not bothered, but I'm sure you can freeze frame bits of that and 
There must be Th- one. I'm sure there's a Things Missed video on YouTube about that. Oh, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's coming right at you. Um, what do we think of um, Anjali Mohindra as, um, as the, the Skifra. Skifra queen? Uh, I thought she was great. I... I just loved her absolutely it was balmy performance. performance. Yeah, it, it was great. great. I was loving it. It was it was purest Doctor Who alien mm-hmm. performance for me. The only issue I think, which I'm sure everyone has pointed out, uh, because we thought that this might be a return of the Ragnos from the trailers, mm-hmm. was that both the design of her and, in fact, her performance when we finally saw it was so similar. It was pretty to similar. the Ragnos, almost to be distracting. Of like, yeah. why? Would it be that similar? <laughs> they don't yeah. like bar perfunctorily s- making some kind of line where you say, "Oh, a distant relation of the uh-huh. Rackman." Uh-huh. Like, but who cares? The weird, the weird thing is how similar the makeup and the performance are, just generally. Like, why, why? Yeah, I mean, maybe they. I, all I can think is they landed on it by accident. I don't know. I I can only they imagine that been. is the case, and she just put in a balmy performance, and it just so happens the Ragnos actress put in a balmy performance as well. And they I sort think of in the, in that kind of um, cosmetic, yeah, uh, makeup y- you've got you've to got put to go in the perform- uh, pos- prosthetic. Sorry, prosthetic mate. You've kind of got to put in that performance because otherwise. And you know, one's playing a spider yeah. and one's playing a scorpion. If you're gonna observe. Those well, animals create yeah. create different ticks to your performance. They're probably going to land in it's similar be spaces. Similar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it seems it's probably accidental, but I can't imagine that there was nobody during the whole process of making those monsters who wasn't like, does it look a bit uh, similar to the old? Um, yeah, this is a big spider that nobody really likes. Should we? <laughs> should we change like the ratnos? I I think I don't think anyone really did. Oh people not like. I what she called the actor. I couldn't say. I saw a behind-the-scenes thing. Do you know how she, what she had to go through to perform that? Uh, Yeah, yeah. She had to like lie, absolutely insane. She has to to, like lie, kind of leaning forward, and she had to do it for like eight hours, and she was like taped in. I yeah. I mean, it's horrible. I did love that the 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 crazy puppet visual of that of her and the big spider thing Mm, mm. is great. I just think that her function in that episode and that episode generally didn't set me alight but that's that's just me that's just me and my Catherine Tate bias (laughs) singing through (laughs) once again I guess I guess um, (laughs) the one thing they kind of did better than the Ragnos with this with this character was that they didn't bother with the teeth so her voice was because the problem with that performance is that she can't really speak properly through the teeth yeah, the fake teeth. Is, it was better. The weird teeth that she's got in this were so weird and cool. Kind of weird, inverted, pointy, mm. weird teeth going on. It was almost like the roots of the tooth are actually coming out. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, yeah, her whole design was really cool, if a bit similar to other stuff. And I absolutely loved her scorpion minions, who then yeah, they were great. have the chase. The chase sequence where they're all... Because they're so, I like that they're kind of a scrappy scavenger race. Yeah, they look like they're fighting stuff. with each other. Exactly, they? they're just yeah. like bumping into each other yeah. and just do not have the like coordination uh-huh. or the uh, team effort going on, so that uh, they're able to kind of run away. Yeah, our heroes are able to run away. Oh yeah, I loved them. I also really liked the 
scary effect where the the guy in the bowler hat is like oh, turning back into a scorpion. When his face just starts face contorting, starts melting away. It was it's a like, bit. What's it was happening? a bit Indiana Jones, wasn't it? Raiders yeah, of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah. Melty face. I love that. That was again just another bit of pure Doctor Who. That yeah. I thought. That yes, was it, was re- it was really thrilling. That was great. Um, um, but yeah, they were really cool. The the only almost my only issue with the episode, really, my only nitpick was um. <laughs> towards the end when they're formulating their plan and they just do that old trope which I wish we had a veto on for all not just Doctor Who for everything right the hive mind trope kill the queen and we and they all go down oh right okay the moment they mentioned that I was like oh no <laughs> no 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 you're doing so does well does it work though like the scorpions as animals have that they don't have a... No. Scorpions don't have a queen, do they? No. Oh, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they do. Maybe they do have a queen. I, I'm they not have a king. Sure. And it's played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a lot of royal scorpions around. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe it's we're wrong. Maybe there are uh, scorpion... Uh, but the, hi- scorpion yeah, the hive monarchy. mind thing... Yeah, I was... I mean... Yeah, I don't know enough about scorpions to say whether that's <laughs> right or wrong. But it's just a sci-fi trope that I'm so so fucking done with because it's just an easy way of killing the hordes it, it you create, is a bit. you get to create these insurmountable odds with loads and loads and loads of beasties so mm. it seems impossible for them to get out and then they suddenly go oh but if we take out the big one they all you know independence day style they all it's die true. and you're it's like true. are you kidding me with this thankfully they just got away with it because that whole plan they were doing of having the mm. queen trapped in a spaceship and it would kill all the beasties on the ground uh, that was totally subverted when mm-hmm. she just comes down, which was uh, was a great moment for me. There's a bit more, just the pacing of the ep- the episode was so good. I was I was ready for a lesser Doctor Who episode to just be like, and then they zapped the spaceship and they killed all the beasties and yeah, that's yeah. sort of the end. But yeah, then it's like, whoa, like, no, oh, what? She's down like on the ground. And I was like, oh no, there's like another 10 minutes to this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's down on the ground. Their whole plan is fucked. It looks I like she's got the upper hand. the Doctor knew that was going to happen all along or whether the doctor did some quick thinking uh it felt to me in the in the way it was put together in the episode it felt like it was quick thinking because she was suddenly like whoa boy and she she was like just figuring things out as she went along Mm -hmm. and looking like oh hey we've got the teleporter thing no actually the doctor was so doctory in this lovely and doctory the doctor was like was like really confident and wasn't taking any nonsense and was like yeah, just super doctory in a way that sometimes the Whitaker Doctor isn't. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes the Whitaker Doctor is a really passive Doctor who it's true, yeah. is not so doctory, whereas this week I thought... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it, was, it was that classic, bit more classic hero Doctor, I suppose. I do like I do like the, the kind of different shades that she she's brought to it, which I, you know... I just, I just love seeing her face off against a baddie. That, it it me, was lovely. The it best was really moments lovely. of the Whitaker, of like Whitaker's Doctor... Um, through her whole run so far for me have been like the her, when she's bi- been tied up by King James and she's standing oh, up against him. Great. That's one of my favorite yeah, yeah. Whitaker scenes. I love um probably my favorite one still is in Spyfall where she's um facing up against Lenny Henry um, yes. at the party. I think that's so amazing. That's a wicked scene. And then the all the stuff in this with her and the Scorpion Queen was really great. Really, really good. And yeah, um, just a bit of Doctor Quick thinking and yeah. a lovely setup and payoff. 
of the teleporter that they'd used. As soon as she looked towards that, I was like, hell yeah, I know exactly what she's going to do. Really smart. It was just very smart. Super duper smart. Just smart storytelling. All, all, it was and all I there. I love the back and forth between her and Yaz because the thing is when you split the companions up and then Yaz is elsewhere, yeah. was, you, it's a shame because you don't get as much Dr. Yaz yes. material, which I love. Yeah. Um, but we, we did get a bit of Dr. Yaz stuff when the Doctor kind of comes in to save Yaz and there's like yeah, a bit yeah, of yeah. back and forth. I, yeah. I really like it when the Doctor and Yaz seem like they're best buds. I think they are more so than either of the other two companions. They feel like yeah. they've got the closest I don't know connection. whether that's just because of the paratext of we know that Jodie and Mandip are best pals in real life. And oh, I don't maybe. know. And like I, all I, of the Thasmin stuff. and The uh, Thasmin stuff? Oh, man. All the like shipping of, of oh, the Oh, I fully ship that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I d- maybe that's why we, What's we that? see them as better friends. Where's well, that line that uh, Yaz says in the previous series to the Doctor? And she's I can't remember what she even said. It's just something like, I think you might be the most amazing person I've ever <laughs> seen in my life or something like that. And she's just got so much love in her eyes. And I'm just like, yes, yes. <laughs> I think she is. Um, yeah. yeah, they were lovely. And Tessa and the Doctor scenes for me were mm. the, the standouts of the episode and really just good absolutely filled me with warmth and tesla being able to go in the tardis and kind of working all the controls with the doctor to get their Definitely. crazy plan together at the end the, all all the companions and the new character of the episode uh splitting off to go and do the different parts of the kind of beat the villain plan great Brilliant. We've not what really do we think had of that, that um, of that transition, that visual transition with the sort of electricity? Yes. Yeah. Did, did you like that? Yeah. That was yeah. weird, wasn't it? <laughs> I was weird. like, whoa, this is all going to be kids telly now. <laughs> it was quite strange. It's fine. It's great. <laughs> I, I liked it in a sort of, fuck, oh, we can try that. Fine. Yeah, if you want to. It was weird because they only did it once. Yeah. I it suppose. wasn't like a stylistic thing they did through the whole yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. It was just like a, a weird. Uh, transition once and I was like oh okay but yeah, I, I yeah. like it when Doctor Who stuff, does stuff like that like I love um, the opening of Crimson Horror where it's all in sepia oh yeah I mean I know, you, I know you hate the Crimson a Horror a terrible right? episode but that, that <laughs> I like the choice of doing all yes, the opening yeah, yeah. sepia and like you know that when Doctor Who does things like that and like um, PCAP talking straight to the camera in Before the Flood like I love it when it yes. sort of breaks the format a little bit and does something it wouldn't normally do. Yeah, and the found footage in the Sandman yeah. episode. And obviously, this transition was a a, a small, a tiny thing, that, a tiny thing. But it, it I love bits like that. Yeah. Like uh, my big takeaway from this era so far is it literally is the best the show has ever looked. It looks really good. It's isn't it? yeah, absolutely a beautiful thing at the moment just the fact they're shooting with anamorphic lenses just makes mm, everything mm. look i put every single one on with the sound off yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah. even battle of ranskor of course even the w- even the w- even the worst episodes of this era that is a nice thing even the worst episodes they look so good they look good although the direction choices are not always great like see i've been impressed by a lot of the direction as well right just in terms of a lot of the composition of of shots in some of these especially in uh, I noticed in Spyfall a few shots I was like man that's just like a great yeah, shot composition that I don't expect stuff. to see in Doctor Who because I'm like I'm, they're so rushed off their feet and everything yeah there's some stuff there's that amazing shot in Resolution of the TARDIS in the underground in the in the sort of underground um, I don't know what you even call that the sewers at the start oh yes oh that's lovely yeah, yeah, yeah. The there's loads of stuff like that but then like just the sort of 
meat and veg shooting of of dialogue is sometimes a bit clunky. Like, uh, in, yeah. In this one, it was. I noticed we. It was ages before we got a shot of the Doctor and the Scorpion Queen together. Oh, we would really? see like yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd see like Angelina Mahindra's face, then Jodie Whittaker's face, then it was like very back and forth and well, right close up on the face. I mean, maybe that was a, a budget limitation with the costume. Uh, that's, or that's your shot reverse shot just to get through some dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, there are. But I don't usually notice stuff like that. Okay, and yeah, also sure. the like direction of the, I don't know. You and I were talking a, a little bit about this before we started recording, but it's that thing of like, are are these acting performances bad? Or, <laughs> or is it yeah. the direction? And I think actually sometimes the directors are f- forgetting that they're also there to direct the actors as well. Quite possibly, sometimes yeah. Like there was a scene at the and start. And it might speak of the lack of lack of time. Yeah, and I think it absolutely. And might. I think you feel it when you've got when you've got a good script like like I think this week's was when you've got just great dialogue. You and a bunch of great actors, right? And a bunch of great actors, yeah. Not not but a bad one in the bunch but, for me. But even great actors, like there was a scene at the start. I can't remember what the dialogue was now. Um, it was like that. You know, the guy gets shot at the start and tests yes. the doctor, and yeah. somebody says, "Um, uh, he's just been shot or something like that." <laughs> and the doc- and the doctor goes, but the doctor goes, uh, more importantly, who shot him? And what she should have said oh was, yeah. more importantly, who shot him? R- right. Like, obvious, like so obvious. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. whoa, why she said it like that? It was like glaring to me. And it's not a criticism of Whitaker because they probably shot that line like 45 minutes later. Yeah. And she had she kind of wasn't able to make the connection yeah, of where yeah. she should put the There's emphasis. There's so many tiny things going into but this. But like, that's something the director should be doing and going, oh no, that's totally the wrong way to well, say that line. I don't know. Things like that, like emphasis on dialogue always jars with me i'm always like whoa what's i don't know <sighs> am i really nitpicking that is quite because quite nit- i don't you know it, the thing <laughs> is it's a nitpick but it's something that's so easy to get right do you know what i mean if yes. they're not fixing that then when then where else are they giving direction to the actors in a more nuanced way that's yeah. like that's surely the bare minimum of direction that you give to actors uh, yeah but i i can from from the little I know of how this show has, you know, how much time this show has got to be shot mm. and how, as much as it, it obviously, l- I feel like cinem- cinematographically, mm. since Jodie Whittaker and Chris Jumpland came on board, it, it looks the best it's ever looked. But I still imagine that is against insurmountable odds of having to churn this shit yeah, out yeah, so 100%, fast. 100%. And so I feel like, Maybe weird things like that are standing out more now that everything else looks like it could be on a cinema screen. Yeah, and, and maybe now it's slightly out sloppy more. things like that are like, oh god. Yeah, you know, it's a weird thing for me to say, but maybe it's standing out, out more because I watched this last night on my own without yeah. any friends. I watched it and I was like, okay, I've got to make a podcast about this tomorrow. Better that's watch true. It. And like, actually, maybe that's not the best way to watch Doctor Who sometimes because yeah. I'm then looking for stuff to talk about. I saw somebody tweeting today, actually, yeah. um, saying, oh, I think a lot of people have got so serious. I think it was it was talking about Doctor Who, but about a lot of sci-fi mm. fan bases at the moment. <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> that everyone's got very, very serious in their critique of of these properties at the moment. And... Sometimes with things like Doctor Who, it it 
requires us. I hate the kind of turn your brain off mentality to watching to the way people say you need to watch the Transformers or Fast and Furious films. Just just switch off your brain. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, it's shit. I don't just turn on my brain. <laughs> it's just shit. Stop defending something that's shit. Uh, but I think uh, in a different way, like watching Doctor Who, you do have to just relax, relax into it a bit and just have fun with it. I think people... Obviously, we're doing a podcast where we're nitpicking for sure little things. But I think some people are, are not even doing a podcast and they're watching it. And I see them commenting on Twitter and they're they're nitpicking a lot of these things. And it's mm, like mm. you're barely even watching the show anymore. Mm. You're just kind of doing some kind of strange. Everyone thinks they're a, a, a professional, professional film critic. critic at the moment, but they don't because. And this is a conversation I had actually with with Chris Allen on a podcast like ages ago, mm. but it. It's almost this new brand of criticism where yeah, it's not even proper film like criticism. If I was writing it, I'd do this instead. Or if yes. I was making it, I'd do this instead. Which, which is, is the weird. critic one hundred and one. Yeah, it's like this the is thing what to you never don't do, do as a critic. Is say, I didn't like it because it should have been this other thing. You critique the thing that exists. Speaking of director, I really liked the fact. You know, it, it was a depressing fact that I tweeted about earlier today. But this is th- only the fourth time ever. Mm. Is it the two hundred? It was the third time. Ever. Well, if you include um, Pip and Jane Baker, yes, okay. Um, it's the it's the fourth time ever that we've had a female writer and a female director on the same okay. story at the same okay. time. Obviously, if you say a purely female writing right, and directing right. team, it's only three times. But yeah, three or four times anyway. Out of two hundred ninety yeah, stories, nuts, is insane. It's insane. It yeah, it's makes nuts. me feel sick. But it's not the last time we'll get it this season. Right? Exactly. That's the really nice thing is we're getting that rarely seen thing twice again in this mm, series, mm. which I think, yeah, whatever your takeaways might be of this era, uh, I think they're doing a really positive thing with the the representation, not only on screen, but behind the camera oh, is yeah. getting much better. Much We've better. got a long way to go, but them just making really definitive strides, I think, which is very nice to see. Yeah. Uh, speaking of... Um like the writing do do we want to see Nina Mativier back for another episode is she a writer that we would like to see return is she yeah not? I don't think it's any so she didn't write one for the previous series did she but this is her debut she's but she's script, script edited. edited it takes you away and Woman Who Fell to Earth R- right oh okay yeah Last I think it's two best episodes it's no yeah it's no <laughs> coincidence that she script edited those two which I thought it takes you away dropped off a cliff in the last third for me but I, f- I very much enjoyed it for most of its run and the woman who fell to earth was one of my favorites from that series, and this is maybe the best one so far of this series. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I did really like Spyfall, but but yeah, I think she yeah she should to- totally come back Let's and do more. Showrunner, showrunner. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a bit early for that. Yeah, but, yeah, it's um, a bit early, but it's interesting, you know, thinking ahead to what I would I would hope that we get a showrunner next time that isn't another. Another white another man white in his fifties. Yeah, yeah, another I white bloke so in his fifties. Well. It would be quite nice to have anything else. And at the moment, with her very, admittedly very brief track record, uh, I, I would say it'd be interesting to see where she goes. Yeah. Um, the TARDIS looks very pretty in this episode. They're really playing yeah. up the different, different mood ring colours that the TARDIS can now yeah, have. Yeah, they seem. I think they gave it a bit of a refurb. Um, they gave this, it a bit of a refurb. They definitely realized how they should light it 
Whereas the previous series, they were clearly struggling with like, how the fuck do we like this thing? And it looks very, especially the first time you see it in the Ghost Monument, it looks very, very dark. Too yeah. much contrast. You can barely see anything. And and they... I also think like they maybe couldn't, like they, they moved some stuff around. Like last year, it seemed like they yeah. couldn't do wides of it really properly. Well, it's because it only, that was my criticism. As much as I, I like the the center of it and the cool crystal things and stuff, but... It all existed in like a black studio void. Yeah, there was yeah, no yeah. sense of it being an actual cohesive space, and in a stark contrast from the previous TARDIS, which was like this it felt is so lived a in. ship. It a felt thing so that real. Physically yeah. exists, whereas that was like when you kind of looked outside of the kind of hexagon patterns that kind of sort of ended. You were like, where? What is this? It's just bl- kind of black yeah, void I, I outside. I think their idea was that it kind of looks would look infinite, and there'd be. And yeah, you, God knows what's beyond. It just you know sort of I mean? looked but like you'd built something in a studio and put some black bit, curtains up. A bit, but it looks a lot better this, yeah, this season. They've fleshed it out. They've given it a bit more of a rigid mm-hmm, kind of, mm-hmm. oh, I understand where the edges of this thing are yeah, now and yeah. given it doorways out to other stuff and diff- different levels and nice little platforms and things. Yeah, they've definitely... And it looks... Some of the... Again, some of the cinematography in it is just so, so nice now. And gloomy sad TARDIS from the end of uh, Spyfall Part 2 was particularly nice. I like the idea that um, the TARDIS kind of changes with the Doctor. Yeah. Whatever the Doctor's mood is, the the TARDIS is changing colour. I like it speaks to them kind of being linked kind of organically yeah, yeah, yeah. psychically i love all that yeah. stuff so yeah she sees yaz dating someone else and it just goes, <laughs> just goes bright green do you know what i mean the whole tardis is emerald oh my god beautiful um and more <laughs> more colors to come as well in the kind of the, in the new trailer they just put out oh god yeah some harsh I was reds that today i was in i was in the workplace yeah. and i was um procrastinating scrolling through twitter hot damn and a new trailer. I was like, oh my god! Um, so I watched that, um, and like most of the trailers this year it, and, and last year, didn't show you a lot, but I think it showed you just enough. showed you just enough. And that's another thing with this era so far. I'm loving the total secrecy lockdown. Yeah, I think other people have got a lot more negative to say, but I'm I just I want to know as little as possible. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm always in two minds. I'm not sure what I feel about it. I think as long as the promotion you know because i want as many people to be watching the show as possible Uh, as long as the promotion is loud and big Mm. and i feel like it's everywhere which i felt like definitely for the previous series it was and i think for this series it has been maybe lacking a bit but i think it uh i think it doesn't kill like the promotion like to the general public there's like you can you can still do a billboard with the characters on and not give anything away you can still do these short tv spots what it does kill a bit is things like doctor who magazine which has become a bit of a barren <laughs> space, kind of not of their own. I suppose so. Choosing and that, I suppose that is sad. I can't, you know, I'm a heathen. I, I've never, I've only bought a couple of issues mm. of special, mm. particularly special issues of Doctor Who magazine. So I can't say I'm, you know, I, it's a lovely thing, but I can't say I'm shedding a personal tear over that because I just think it's for the it's for the betterness of the show really like uh-huh. i f- was fucking furious in series 10 oh god you're gonna say th- about the john sim thing yeah you? yeah yeah i'm sure everyone said this a million yeah. times but like yeah that, i mean that's the other extreme though and that is, is the other is a, extreme there's, a, there's totally. a happy medium there i think between those two perhaps things. there is a happy medium but i really like uh yeah i, I don't know i just really like any show that 
keeps its cards very mm. close to its chest promotion mm. wise and i don't think these these trailers have been great mm. especially this series yeah, the trailers yeah, yeah. have got me so excited the music that was amazing the tunes they're choosing really, really great. so good so what did we see in the trailer then we saw some cybermen we saw some Cybermen. We saw a lot of the Jadoon from next yep, week. From next week. Um, we saw, I think, an interesting villain lady from the Jadoon episode. Oh, from uh, from the Jadoon she episode. She had kind of like those kind of headdress on. Oh, okay. And I thought I saw a, j- a masked Jadoon in the background of that oh, right, shot. Right, right. But I might be... Did you watch it at 0.5 speed? I, I did a bit of um, frame tapping through right, on YouTube. Right. Uh, and... But... Most interestingly, if we're shooting forward to what's to come, uh, you've got the bloke, what has been in Game of Thrones and stuff, and is, was also in Torchwood once. Is, a, is this the bald fella? The bald fella in the t- who seems to appear out of black smoke inside yeah. the TARDIS, and who is interestingly the voice of, is it they called the remnants? The little the cloth he creatures. Oh. So yeah, people have been... Yeah, a buzz about this because he's the voice of the cloth creatures from right. the Ghost Monument. Probably a coincidence, right? Although I they don't did talk about so. they did talk about the Timeless Child, didn't they? I think it would be very. St- I think it'd be bizarre if it was a coincidence. Yeah. I think Chris Chibnall, uh, in contrast to Stephen Moffat, might have actually thought of some things ahead a, of time. He had a game plan. He might have had a little bit of a game plan and might have preliminarily made the actor be the voice of those things that quite uh yeah uncoincidentally mentioned the timeless child just well, as we're about to get some art there's stuff. a theory there's a theory that um oh do i want to know this theory no no no. it's okay. not about like what's to come really oh, yeah. it's that obviously the timeless child is the art for this series and there's a theory that kind of that remnants dialogue was recorded like quite late on last year when he was writing he'd oh. already writing series 12 so he was like oh i can include a reference to my arc here so that was a sort of 11th hour that um, would make a hell of a lot of sense. Anywhere he'd he'd put that in, thinking, "Oh, this will be good for later." At the and last it, minute, yeah, because it it was because s- otherwise that's very early to have already thought of timeless that, child. Yeah, so which would m- line up with your theory that this guy that it's relevant that this guy is in it again? Oh, it's a hundred percent. I would be so. Going, s- oh, I, I know I'm going to get to play this character. He's going to play some 12. character, so let's get him so to do also do the voice. Yeah, yeah, it makes it makes total sense, and that yeah, that makes a lot of sense that it was a late addition because you can totally do that. With a cheeky bit of voiceover at the end, definitely. Um, and it was very weird that you had that little tease of an arc in episode two, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. literally the entire series had no hint of any more arc, any arc ever. At all. You were like, oh, well, well, Tim Shaw was the arc, wasn't he? Tim Shaw was the arc, sort of. Uh, <laughs> and so you were like, oh, what was that timeless child business? Oh, mm. I guess that's the long game thing. And then obviously here well, it's just, front I and center. Thought, oh, it's like some kind of spooky nonsense. That and I just thought, oh, it's just kind of spooky. Oh really? What they're calling the doctor, or I just thought uh, people are reading too much into it, thinking it's oh, that. oh no, the way it was all phrased, I was like, oh, this is your long game thing, right? But I didn't think it would come quite so quickly to the forefront yeah. as it obviously did in Spyfall. Oh, it was well, like, I this is the arc, guys. I actually thought, oh, maybe we'll get it in series eleven finale, and then obviously we didn't. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of thought that as well. I thought yeah. we'd come back sooner, but yeah. The, the thing that in, in the, from this trailer that um, I found the most uh, affecting actually was the bit with uh, with Ryan and Ryan and Yaz in the TARDIS, and Ryan says something like, "Oh, is this just our lives? Is this now? just our lives now? How long can we do this?" Yeah, 
Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm thoroughly intrigued as to where something this is happening. Going. Like, are they going to leave? Or? Yeah, I heard people. I saw people saying that. I would. There's an implication there with that line. I mean, this is so out of context, though. They could be talking about some particular horror that's happened in that episode. It's, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's so yeah. true. Is this our lives now? Yeah, yeah. But perhaps, perhaps, somehow I'd be surprised if they were suddenly leaving. It would be quite a surprise exit. Well, I don't know. I mean, not, not very many companions do more than two years. It's true, but we haven't had any, like... Oh, although, I guess this production team have been much better, as we've just said, about keeping things close to their chest. I mean, so I never thought that Bradley Walsh would do more than one year. I, was like, I, <laughs> I was thought like, he was marked for death. I was like, yeah, I was like, he is a one-year wonder because of because of how busy he is doing other stuff. Do you know what I mean? Much That's like, true Much as like well, someone yeah, like yeah. Catherine Tate or Matt Lucas is yeah, a one-year yeah. wonder. And then he... I just thought with his... His yeah, wife dying get, at the oh start yeah, of the series, cancer. and he gets cancer. I'm like, oh well, he's going like, to die later in the season. Yeah, he's the and death then, that then you know no. affects the rest of the team. And I'm glad Graham <laughs> stuck around. As yeah. much as I want to hate Graham, um, I really like him. He's I think he's good. He, he's great. He's got all the best lines. Best line from this episode. That's the problem, though, isn't it? Sometimes he has got all the best lines. Possibly, but he serves that function. That's his, his character's function is to be the granddad mm. and to say the granddad things, and it just happens that they are the kind of Wit, quippier, wittier yeah. type things. But best line from this episode by far was "Oi, ACDC." <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "That is fucking genius." <laughs> Whoever thought of that, well done. <laughs> that is great. It is so rare you could write a piece of TV <laughs> where you're able to even say that. Where Brad reference to Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison, yeah, oi, oi, the exponents. ACDC. Yeah, it's so true of alternating current and uh, direct current. Yeah, amazing. It, it's a, it's a. Yeah, that is the one time you can do that gag, isn't it? So, it's almost yeah. like somebody thought of that gag and was like, we can do it. We can do it in <laughs> Doctor Who if we just formulate just this entire story around, around it. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do like Graham. Um, and he's almost the one where it's like, he doesn't need to be super busy in the episode. Like, we can almost just have him in the background making little... Making Absolutely. Little jazz, making little quips, and it's not a problem. You kind of want, yeah, you want Ryan and Yaz to be... Doing stuff, and especially Yaz to have her kind of, I think, closer connection to the Doctor, and maybe mm-hmm. she's got a bit of jealousy over Ryan and all those kind of things. But I just want Graham to be, you know, getting his speedos on, <laughs> <laughs> just larking about in the background. It's great. He looked so great. I mean, they all look so great in period dress as well. Yeah, I love those costumes. Yeah, wicked costume design in this episode as well. And he really, he actually really looked like Nikola Tesla. When you yes. look at photographs, I was like, wow. Astounding. Yeah, they do, uh, yeah. They yeah. Look alike. Yeah, when I first saw the tra- the trailer with him in, I was like, wow, where did they get this guy from? He is, <laughs> yeah. he is the spit. And then I saw, just recently, I saw some pictures of him just, you know, um, uh, normal without his um, moustache mm. and that kind mm. of centre parting. Mm. Uh, and he, he, do- he doesn't look as good as he does as Nicola Tesla. Right. Sorry. Maybe you, should, maybe you should go with that. Yeah, he, sh- he should now adopt times. that look, yeah. I would say. Because, yeah, he just kind of looks like a guy. A guy with sort of a, a bit of a pointy face. And, his, yeah, his, he's not working his hair as well as Nikola Tesla's <laughs> working his hair. So something I was going to ask you earlier, um, <laughs> and then something <laughs> happened, we went off track, is what do we think of the fact that the Doctor is all like, no guns, Ryan, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to shoot this spaceship with this enormous gun <laughs> that is the size of a building. A giant lightning bolt. Um, 
Well, when does she say no guns, Ryan? Right at the start, he picks up a he picks up a gun. He picks up the Silurian blaster from the desk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, like, oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Against the well, I think the the key there is that she's saying no guns because we're right at the start of negotiating, right, trying to find right. out what these things are, what they want, which is always the Doctor's MO of like, let's find out what's going on before we start firing lasers around. Mm. And then at the end, she kind of says some stuff which feels very akin to like David Tennant in The Christmas Invasion of like, I gave you a chance. Mm. I gave you a chance to change or piss off yeah, or like that, stop attacking yeah. Tesla. And now I'm going to shoot you with a giant lightning <laughs> bolt. <laughs> so I was like, it seemed perfectly in character for the Doctor to me to be like no guns we're trying to find stuff out and then the scorpions have chased them around and killed people yeah, and tried to steal nikola tesla and her mate yaz uh-huh. uh and now she's like i gave you a chance kablam yeah off you go um yeah that seemed fine to seemed me fine. Okay. i think yeah i think that i feel like there's a lot of nitpicking at the moment of whether the doctor's like hates guns or likes guns i think they they shot themselves in the foot a bit no pun intended, <laughs> uh, with some of the stuff in the previous series where you had arachnids in the UK where there's the weird there's kind of anti-guns There's a lot of inconsistency stuff. in series and 11 then in, guns. And then yeah. in the Battle of Ranskor of Coloss, she's like gleefully got some bomb or grenade or something. She doesn't... Yeah, yeah it's just There's so a strange. lot of inconsistency about when it's okay to use guns, when it isn't. Yeah, It's all a bit mucky. In um, this episode, though, I felt it was perfect. It made, it made perfect sense to you me. You know what? Without all of the other controversy around the yeah, Doctor and guns, I, I would not have given it a second thought. You're exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the previous series was just a little bit mucky. It wanted to make its statement about no guns and then remembered that sometimes you do have to that, have a few yeah, guns. It didn't seem to know why it was making that statement. No. It's like it, a lot of the time, it's like in Arachnids with Donald Trump where they kind of send up <laughs> Donald Trump, don't really do anything it's with terrible. it. It's like... It knows it should be making some statements about this stuff, and then it's it kind of misses the point. It's just very kind of blunt, unfocused, quote unquote, political commentary sometimes. Yeah. Which I I like that part of Chris Chibnall's remit is clearly I want to do a bit of social commentary with Doctor Who, and I like that's a, a cool thing. I'm interested in that. Sometimes yeah. it works, but a lot of the time, particularly in the previous series, it was so ham fisted. And, and the thing is, you've got to if, if you're going to do that, you've got to really know what you're saying, because often you're dealing yeah. with very sensitive topics. Yeah, and it can so easily go wrong. I've, I'm going to find a thread that um, Andrew Ellard did, um, where he he essentially said that this era is quite often saying. Oh, I think have you I seen this? I think I read that. It's quite often saying things that it doesn't mean to say. Um, oh, well, Kablam was a bit weird. Kablam is the classic example, but let me read you a few of them. An otherwise brilliant episode sort of marred by just such a strange moral at the very, end. Very, very strange. So, <laughs> uh, the Saranga conundrum. Adoption is for cowards. Being a good person means keeping your baby. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Iran is in the UK. Making animals die through prolonged suffocation is better than you personally having to use a gun. <laughs> that was really glaring for me. That yeah. was a big... And that's the one that is now, like, whenever the Doctor's like, no guns, I'm like, oh, is this going to be Ratnids in the UK again? Yeah, that was... that was. I mean, that was just a miserable episode for me. I, I just had no no good things to say about it. Great title, though. Um, Kablam. <laughs> Kablam. Not even the title. Kablam, the main problem with exploitative corporations yeah. is the people who stand against them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We yeah, all yeah. know that one. 
we've just got to let the corporations uh, work it out for themselves. Because <laughs> they've, they've got good hearts, ultimately, and uh, they, they will sort it out. We've just got to leave them to it. The system isn't the problem. Yeah. Um, resolution. You can make up for being an absent father by having the right prop to hand at a useful moment. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I know. Just sort of like uh, perhaps too efficient storytelling. I don't know. Spyfall, weaponizing a person's race against them can be valid and heroic in certain situations. Okay, let's discuss this. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure I want to discuss this. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't have a really strong opinion of it. It's just that when I saw that, I did not think what, what you know, it's not what everyone's thought, but what particular people thought that that felt really strange. Mm. I know a lot of people were like, ooh, that seems odd. But for me, I was just like, the the master was working with the Nazis. Right, yeah, I know. I'm just ha- like, right, okay, but it's not, <laughs> it's still crass. Like I know in universe, the master is a horrible person who's done horrible things, but it's very crass for the doctor, the hero of the story, to use essentially the Holocaust as a weapon against anybody, uh, especially when she is white and he is not. I it's it's yeah. horrible. The, the optics of it. Like I accept that in universe, it's he's terrible and has probably and done worse things than the Nazis and or whatever. I, to be honest, I think the way that, sh- that she's doing it because she knows that he'll be fine. She knows the master. She knows the master's not going to get. I guess you know screwed over by the nazis that bad he's gonna worm his way out of it as he always does but she's just but kind she of wouldn't have to because she's because she's white like that the optics of it are just horrible yeah it's yeah. just it's like i don't know i just th- i think it's something the doctor should never ever ever be doing i yeah i mean i defer to a non <laughs> to somebody who's not white to tell me what it fully what yeah what they think of that I it didn't didn't trouble me seeing it, but maybe I was just concerned with what in universe made sense, and so I was shocked when I was like, "But he he's horrible," and she was just using the Nazis who he was working with against him, and she knows he's ultimately going to be all right. But yeah, maybe maybe it is. It, it just was all a bit dodgy. It's like when he came back from being alive for seventy seven years through all of that, and he was like, "You won't believe, oh, you won't the believe the thing." I was like, "Whoa." God, like, do you mean gas chambers? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, the yeah, the implications. Maybe that that line. Uh, it, it was iffy AF. That line made quite specific allusions to what had happened to him. Yeah, or n- not specific, but you know, implied what what had happened to him, and it was a bit like, oh, oh that's that's yeah. And I I wonder that's dark in it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder like. So I, I read that Sasha Dewan was cast like a week before they started shooting. Oh wow! So I wonder whether when the script was written, this wasn't an element of it because they obviously didn't know what race their master was going to be. Unless they were, unless they were looking they were, to cast, you know, we're going to have a person in color as the master. Yeah, for but it, it could be that oh, we've now got a, a you know a South Asian man playing a Nazi. How do we? weave that into the script at the last minute it could be to be honest i think because what she really you could have uh a white person in that role as the master Mm. there because what she does is just remove his perception filter so that they don't see him as their superior and they're like who the fuck is this guy they see him for what he truly is and they 
they take him down. It, it, it's the, but it's there the fact is that he is Asian. Additional, yeah. A, 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 a weird element. I don't know. I tell you, yeah. Was, I tell you that. To me, it was rough. And it was, it was weird to me that, like, no one kind of noticed it. Do you know what I mean? That no one... No one picked up on it. Picked up on it when me and my friends were watching it and we picked up on it instantly. And yeah, like yeah, yeah, fair. Immediately after the episode, loads of people were tweeting about it. Like, it seemed weird that no one on the on the production team went, "Oh, that's a bit." Iffy. I'd, I'd be, in, I'd be so with always with things like this when it involves an actor portraying the thing. I'm always interested, uh, like an actor of color or a, a minority or whatever. I'm always interested to hear what they say what about their those decisions for sure. Because yeah. obviously, sometimes, not to say that this is what anybody commenting on it is doing. Because I think now that you've said all that, I think you are probably right, but. With some things like that, I feel like people take away the autonomy of the actor. I know the actor is getting paid and they're doing a sure. role, and it's you know it's not their and, and there's only one voice. Job. As well. And there's only one voice. They could voice that, and people are although like, their oh voice no. means more than my voice or your voice in this yeah, particular yeah, situation. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. But I'm um, fascinated. I would be interested to see what Sasha one would have to say. My, my friend Johnny, who was watching it with me, is Jewish, and he thought it was dodgy as fuck. So like, <laughs> I don't know. Totally, so yeah, yeah. And also, you know, just because you uh, are of a particular race doesn't mean uh-huh. you are the be-all and end-all of sure. what the absolute perfect, correct, quote-unquote, thing is to do. Oh, my God, yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, I'd certainly be interested if he had anything to say about that. I mean, he was probably just loving being the master, getting to be the master. He clearly he? was. I was loving him being the master. <laughs> he was so great. He was fucking insane. You think we're going to see him again at the end of the season? Tricky. We don't see him in the trailer, but we hear him in the trailer. But it was a it was just a clip from earlier. Earlier, so I, if I was a betting man, I would say yes. I think so. But they very much leave it in a place where it's classic um, end of a master story territory, where he's just you know trapped somewhere, or he's he seemingly got killed, and we may not see him for three years, or whatever. So they. I so I wouldn't be I would totally I think also he may wouldn't come back not as the villain though. Yeah. I think we might have yeah. a big bad in the end of the season. Maybe this bald guy, this bald bald chap, who some people are like Black Guardian. Black Guardian. Maybe some maybe something like that. Big like probably not the Black Guardian. But although knowing Chris Chibnall, anything could happen. He's throwing in some. He's throwing in heavy some mythology heavy mythology lore, here. isn't he? Um, oh. So maybe this bald guy is your big bad. Yeah. And then there's a sort of the Doctor and the Master have to sort of team up like they have many times before. Yeah, I'd like yeah, to yeah. see that. That would be good. That would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do hope he comes back because he was great. I had a ball with him and I'd be interested to see because he was like going full throttle, like barely contained mm. fury and emotions mm. boiling out of him kind of master, which we've not seen for a while. We or got maybe a, ever. We got a bit of that from Jodie in the trailer, didn't we? Uh, we got that moment where she's like... Um, she says something about like, oh, sometimes sometimes even, even I, I don't, even I can't it. win, and yeah, it, yeah, even yeah. I can't win. She says, and and like she's nearly crying, and I was like, yes, she's got some good stuff to do. I yeah. you know, I loved, I really liked her uh, when she sees Gallifrey and stuff yeah, like that. It feels Spyfall. like the Doctor's the main character again. Y- yes, though I, I, I don't, l- I, I think you need to be careful with the Doctor being quote unquote the main character. Because you you stray into Moffat territory of the Doctor being the central. Let's stray into Moffat fucking universe. Let's drive headfirst into Moffat territory. I I hey, I love. I'm a. I'm generally speaking a Moffat apologist for a lot of things, but he 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 does push the throttle too far into as he does with every single thing he does. Sherlock, 
Dracula. He absolutely loves the main character so much. The best godlike, super, super clever, smart man boy. We love him <laughs> and he's all the best. He's the best boy in the world. And also the most important. So wouldn't it be lovely if we got <laughs> the best girl in the world for a season? <laughs> yes, I. but I think, I think functionally Doctor Who shouldn't quite work like that because it sort of starts breaking the show. I, I, I accept I accept what you mean, but she because also, you need also she is the hero. And yes, cool yeah, yeah, totally. And I love when we get a hero moment. And she her. is getting a lot of that, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm just projecting the kind of the Moffat side of things. But, uh, but yeah, she's, uh, I think she's, it, that was another criticism of last series, which is very immediately getting fixed, which was that the Doctor basically sort of had one character trait, which was sad for Jodie Whittaker's first series of The Doctor. It was just like, she is full of the joys of life and she finds joy in everything. And I love that aspect of The Doctor, but that was kind of, that was the only bit that she got to play most yep. of the time. And I like then how her, pissed, uh, her chips have been immediately pissed on at the start of the season. Exactly. So she's got a bit... Actually, I was saying to you before we started recording, I don't like the, the angst of Gallifrey's gone again. I think, yeah. that's, I think that's been done. Um, Which is fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to accept it depending on what they do with it. That's where I am. I'm yeah. I'm slightly on the more positive side, but I'm worried that we're just going to... It's just sort of a repeat of what we've done. But yeah. But I like that we're getting to see a bit more angst from Jodie at all. Like, I like... I liked the bit at the start of last episode where she was like, I'm not in a mood or whatever. Like, yeah. I think that's. I want to see her angry. I want to see her scared. I want to see her not knowing what's going on. Yeah. And we're getting a lot of that. And that's that's the stuff I love I most. I wanted to just like call Graham a little bitch. <laughs> 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 just like kick Your off. You little bitch, Graham. <laughs> I just wanted to, you wanted to ab- ab- absolutely kick off, you know? <laughs> when you loved her. She's not really kicked off yet, has she? No. She's not very controlled, no, not isn't she? When she, uh, she is. And very. I I hope because they have had such a pally relationship, the TARDIS team. Mm. I would love it if she really turns on them in one episode when she gets pushed over the edge. Yeah, similar to like Matt Smith in The Beast Below or something like that. Because yeah. those are my favourite bits of Doctor when the Doctor loses their their rag. The universe is a very small place when I'm angry with you. Yes, as, as Peter Capaldi says in Wonderful. Face the Raven. I love yeah, that Peter Capaldi obviously got a lot of that kind of stuff. So I guess we needed to switch, yeah. flip the switch a bit, but. There's something actually that I wanted to bring up. Was I can't remember where I saw this. So if you tweeted this, I'm sorry if I'm oh. plagiarizing you. No clue. Um, but somebody tweeted saying um, that oh, Peter Capaldi was my doctor. He was like world weary. This was not me, but I saw this. I think. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I. I just. Yeah. I don't know who tweeted it, but yeah. um. Yeah. Like Peter Capaldi was my do- doctor. He was like world weary, um, I- and difficult and. Kind, kind of curmudgeonly and bi- Byronic, you know. Byronic, yeah, yeah. And now kids are getting their doctor. And I'd never before conceptualized Jodie Whittaker's doctor as a doctor for children. Hmm. But I guess in a way that's what she is. She's like a she's like a platonic version of the doctor that kids can aspire to, isn't she? Yeah. She's I think a, that's she's what uncomplicated. That's certainly one way of looking at it. And I think I've it's never also seen just her like that way before. I think it's also just a different character of Doctor, and I like people being able being self-aware enough to be like, yeah, I've had my doctor that was exactly the way I would want the doctor to be. Mm. But each doctor's like, should be rightfully quite different. Different And I'm happy that different types of people, whether it be, you know, adults to children or whether it's just like this kind of person and that kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I like being people being self-aware enough 
like that because like I had I have a mate who was very much pre Peter Capaldi when Matt Smith uh, was in the throes of his era. He wasn't really enjoying that. And he was like, oh, I just want... I think there's a lot of people were saying at that point, they were just like, I want a dark doctor. Right, right, right. Fucking... And then they go where they wish for. Exactly. Probably a bit, yeah. The, yeah, those kind of fans who were yeah, desperate for a dark adult doctor. And then, yeah, Stephen Moffat delivered exactly that. Um, and, yeah, a doctor who was very unsure of how good he really was and who was, yeah, very dark and brooding and all that kind of stuff. And so, you, yeah, you got that. You absolutely mm. got that out of your system. Whereas this doctor knows who she is. She knows. Yeah, she's, she knows who she is. Um, but yeah, I think... Yeah. It's like Stephen Moffat, with, with Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi, wrote the character as somebody for whom being the doctor was a sort of challenge and a promise. Right, it was like yes. the being the doctor was an idea that they were aspiring, aspiring to. Aspiring to, yeah. Whereas yeah. this doctor Almost is the doctor. Embodies that. It's already. like it's like she, she. That's just. It's a far more. Uh, when I say flat, it's not to denigrate it at all. No, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, far yeah. more flat sort of. It. She is. She. That. She just is that, and there's no. Yeah, which I not, which I love. After no two different doctors, there. she yeah, just yeah. is that, and I, and like yeah, that's just another way of doing it. It's that's a great way of characterizing. Think actually. of another a, a, an example of another character where they've kind of done that, uh, and I can't. But yeah, is there another Doctor who's been like who's just kind of? I guess there are lots of Doctors who just are the Doctor. Yeah, I think Tom Baker is sort of just is. Yeah, it there's no everything around. It just is what it, just it is. is and I, think that. that's, I think that's what Jodie's going for. I've just been, um, finally been watching through my collection Blu-rays, oh, actually. Cool. And uh, I deliberately didn't watch any of season 12 during the Twitch stream. That was like my big classic mm. Who watch, really. Uh, but I avoided season 12 because I knew the, the Blu-ray, Blu-ray was, was on it was way at that exact point. And so I'm watching a lot of these stories for the first time. Oh, aren't they great? Uh, yeah, but also I just, whenever you watch classic Who... I get such a perspective on the show as a whole when everyone's a lot of, you know, very picky fans or or just people, people who just hate on the, sh- the show at the moment sure, for sure. Female Doctor or for wh- whatever, whatever reason. Oh, and they, they love that Tom ba- early Tom Baker stuff, don't they, all those people? Or, or yeah, or whatever, or just like... Or, uh, just hating, hating on the show for like really bizarre reasons. You know, I saw a tweet today that I posted a picture of which was somebody like uh it was doctor who the doctor who account and tweeted like so what was your favorite bit of uh, the nikola tesla episode and this person was like none of it is all uh, terrible because this show is now treats fans as babies <laughs> and i just tweeted like this is the same show that's had farting slidine <laughs> killer daffodils like the master laughing for 45 seconds after he says the master race it's like oh no but now it's for babies yeah Yeah. it's really yeah yeah lowest common denominator now (laughs) like this is a ludicrous show i just can't some and and yeah re-watching some old tom baker the early tom baker stuff for the first time whenever you watch some classic q you just get a real perspective of just like loads of it's fucking shit really less like oh yeah or just hard to watch or like yeah. Obviously, there's the there's the whole dated layer over the top of it, which you're you're watching through the kind of the goggles of the mm. 1970s mm. goggles in this case. Um, 
But, you know, it's not some kind of bastion of... Not every story is some bastion of incredible no, stories. Only one of them is. City of Death. Thank you very much. I've said it before, guys. It's the only good one. All right. Thank you so much for talking to me, Pencil <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Bandit. Um, thank you for having me. Where this can was people great. find you on Twitter? Where can people um, see your cartoons animations? Where can people um, listen to your podcast, The Oldest Question? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Pencil Bandit, mostly talking about Doctor Who at the moment. I'm not really posting any art or anything. I'm just talking about Doctor Who. So come, come there if you want that. Uh, pencilbandit.com is my uh, very much in need of an update website and um, you can find the oldest question on all your favourite podcast listening Great. services and um, yeah it was actually seeing the oldest, oldest question on Spotify mm. that made me go oh I guess I could just put my podcast on Spotify you may well be it, and, yeah. then I, and then I did and it took maybe five or seven minutes Oh, great. And now it's just on there. Hooray! So you can listen to it as you go on Spotify now. It's on Spotify. As of about a month ago. Um, yeah, and you can find us on Twitter, as usual, at Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Molly underscore Martian. Uh, and uh, you can email us at GalatioPod at gmail.com. Next week um, is the Jadoon episode. Jadoon. I'm so excited to see what a Jadoon, an entirely sort of Jadoon-based episode I'm is excited like. for that as well. <laughs> Good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, bye bye, everybody. Thanks for having me. Bye bye. Bye bye.